0: Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land which we broadcast That's the Gadigal people of the Euro Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a mostly Sydney view. Uh, Joining us today, we begin with
1: Emma Phillips here coming to you from Ngunnawal land.
2: And Coach Kiwi coming to you from the Central Coast, but Kalgoorlie uh, Land.
3: And Tracy Kick coming to you from Darryll Land.
0: And I'm Fifi Lamb. Actually, I'm not Fifi Lamb. I'm Peter Holden filling in for Fifi Lamb. Coming to you from Melbourne, otherwise known as the home of the Kulin Nation, and uh, it's a privilege to be filling in for uh, Fifi over the next uh, week or two. But as we jump straight into round one, Emma, unfortunately. There's a number of players that will also be joining Fee on the sideline. A horrific run of ACLs.
1: Oh, just awful, isn't it? It was just one after the other. So we're looking at missing Izzy Huntington, Katie Lutkins, and Bree Davey. I mean, they're three out-and-out superstars. You know, what great losses they are to their respective teams. Terrible for them as individuals and a great loss to the competition. You know, and of course, that conversation about, knees and these kinds of injuries in aflw this conversation isn't going away and with three of the big stars going down it's only going to open up um questions around you know whether the the surfaces the ground surfaces are hard at this time of year um i probably i know that um trace has a fair bit to say on this so maybe i'll throw to you two to open that up a little bit more
3: yeah look we know that um you know the research tells us that women are more susceptible to the acl injury um but uh, you know it just astonishes me how many ACLs there are um, occurring and especially with seasoned uh, athletes who have have really put in work you know work over the years um these are these are people well Lizzie Huntington I think has done two before but these are these are players um and, and Bree Davey are you know superstars of the game experienced players you know, probably solid pre-seasons. There's no explanation really for the ACLs. And I don't know whether the hardness of the ground, it's not something that I'm aware of that contributes to ACLs, but is it a factor? I don't know. I know Kiwi, you've you also looked at into this in terms of you know women's physiology and and how the angle of the the femur and the knee joint um and just some of those things that really impact ACLs but it just it's just mind-blowing
2: yeah it is it is really disappointing and I think um in Izzy's case last time it was her left this time you know her right knee and Bree Davies I think hers may be the same one she did a couple of years ago Kate Lutkin's pretty sure this is her first ACL um rupture so um, yeah, really sad, and potentially we may have lost Chloe Dalton with a, with um, quite a serious shoulder injury, by the sounds of it. And um, still, the jury's out on Dakota Davidson, how bad her ankle is. So,
3: yeah, yeah. Rough
2: week to kick off. Yeah, season. I think Chloe had
3: eight touches, and you know she was lighting it up there uh, before she went off with that shoulder. I'm not sure. Like I, she put her wrist out, so I, I you know, I'm not sure how how bad that shoulder injury is. And Dakota, I'm hoping it's not too bad. She came out without any ice or compression on it um, at the at the end of the game, even though she was on crutches. But um, yeah, that you know, losing her and Lutzi in the Brisbane game, we'll probably talk about that a bit. But that uh, that was a with big the Dakota
2: case. one while they talked about it being an innocuous injury there's something that we've been doing over the last few years as coaches and all the strength conditioning staff is teaching correct landing techniques and turning techniques and it seemed to me she just went back to a really old habit where you um, turn the body first and then the foot last and that's where she's fell over so um, was resby early in the game so you wouldn't put fatigue as that but you know to do Brisbane spend a lot of time doing that you know they had the ACL earlier which was you know stopping um Kate Lutkins was stopping to change direction so how much emphasis is each team putting through the correct landing and change directions kind of technique um, that we've sort of the AFL has really raised the bar in those kind of learning patterns for the last few seasons so interesting
0: just running through all the injuries from the games. And it's almost like a hospital ward of injuries (laughs) going back to Friday night, Poppy Cully, which they're reporting a leg or ankle injury, a head knock for for Yasser also of Richmond out of the North Geelong game, Ashmore with an ankle, uh, Kim Rennie with a head knock, Chloe, Shear had a head knock for the, uh, for the cats. Um, uh, Meg McDonald, a leg injury coming out of that one. As we said, of the Bulldogs Melbourne game, Huntington with the knee Snell did her ribs in that game with the doggies. No reports. Strangely enough out of the fierce Derby between Fremantle and, uh, West Coast, no injuries there. Um, as we said, out of the Brisbane game, Davidson, the ankle Lutkins with the knee, uh, the Carlton Collingwood game, we know it was Davey with the knee, um, they're reporting it as a back injury for, for Grace Egan uh, officially according to the AFL website. And we know there was a possible corky for Maddie Presparkus when she limped from the ground in the dying minutes of that uh, game against Collingwood. And of course, uh, Dalton with the shoulder for GWS and a question back to both uh, Tracy and Kiwi from a coach's point of view, particularly when you think about the character of people like Luckins, Huntington and Davey, How do you try and lift the morale of your team after such a body blow in just round one of the season?
3: Yeah, look, I think, Peter, it is, it's got to play on the emotional, um, you know, and the morale of the players. But, you know, as a coach, you you, and Brisbane have a very, very strong team first. philosophy um, and as a coach that would be my approach as well and to have those players involved as a uh, when emma phillips went out before a grand final having those players involved on the bench and and involved in in the um in the play uh, so that they're still around and getting around the the players uh, but also just focusing on on team a team approach um, and I always say it's not who's not there, it's who you've got on the, on the day. So, you know, that's, that's what you've got to deal with.
2: I think it was evident even with um, Collingwood, although they won the game, a few of the players walked off the field with tears in their eyes. So, you know, they obviously felt the devastation of um, Bree, who's just just a fantastic person anyway, let alone she's a leader at the club. And, um, and they will all, you know, they're very tight down there and, um, you know, certain she'll stay involved and, um, you know I know throughout the season the girls last year that did major knee injuries right through the VFL AFLW both programs would get around and um, chip in and send them um, treats and um, all sorts of little fun things to get them through their little hospital stay so yeah it's a big squad down there and a big family unit at the Pies so I'm sure that you know all clubs and Izzy looks like she's a big part of um, Bulldogs too so I don't think it'd be any different at that club either.
0: Let's try and turn our attention now to the positives. And we begin with the Giants in their last season as a New South Wales standalone side. Emma, they get the win against Gold Coast, but it wasn't as easy as some may have predicted.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gold Coast Suns looked really good early on, didn't they? And I think that, um, you know, Gold Coast themselves will tell you, you guys have been turning your heads away to what what is a really good unit. And I think they showed something today. I think uh, the Giants were really probably fairly stunned from the outset. Um, They hung on pretty well, I think, the Giants, to get through um, a big physical onslaught from the Gold Coast. Um, Pretty good performance from, uh, you know, I mean, Cora Staunton stood up when she needed to, of course. Um, And, uh, you know, the the Giants ended up with significantly more disposals than the Suns, so they really ran well together. Of course, their midfield was ticking over very nicely. And I think in the end they also doubled the inside 50s of the Suns. You know, they, they had great defensive pressure, which kept bouncing the ball back in as well. So, you know, all credit to them. And it's nice to, uh, to be talking about something positive when, you know, I'm sort of reflecting on starting the show with all that terrible injury news when there's been some really great footy this weekend as well.
2: Yeah, I like seeing um, the young ones stepping up. And, you know, although a lot was put on probably Charlie Robot and being the number one draft, I thought they didn't make use of her in in the power that she brings in the midfield. They played her a lot in their forward line. And um she was still third highest possession getter for the Suns, despite spending a large chunk of the game, you know, at one end of the field. But I think for the Giants, um, Ali Morfitt, what you know, she she was just outstanding through the Nab League when she played for Murray Bush Rangers. Um I do remember our game against when she played against Sandringham, she absolutely killed us in the middle of the field. So what we didn't get to see today that she will start to bring is her aerial presence. And, you know, I noticed late in the game that Ellen's kept her, kept her on for longer and threw Erin forward. I reckon there'll be times it'll come around and he'll start to float Ellie a bit more forward and um, make better use, but her winning the rucks, her head outs were to advantage. And then her second efforts, you know, she got some ground balls, she made some key tackles. And, you know, I think that's just going to set the midfield for the giants up on the front foot a lot more this season. Yeah, I thought the Gold Coast were really promising. I mean, they their
3: tackle pressure uh, was absolutely fantastic early. I mean, maintaining it for four quarters is always the trick, isn't it? Um, but um, they really did. Um, it was great to see um, the Giants actually uh, use some leading targets, uh, which often they haven't had. So I thought that was good, but they still had quite a lot of entries into Ford 50 for not much reward really um for the dominance that they had towards you know in the second half so you know which that, has been their con- problem
1: hasn't it Trace?
3: the connection between the mids and the forwards has been their <laughs> problem forever mm-hmm. um and if i hear another commentator say that cora's 40 again uh, you know that can yeah. become a
2: drinking <laughs> we're, game I we're going to get can, it
1: all season aren't we
3: yeah
2: we're going to get it all season. isn't seasoned. it rude to talk about a woman's age <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, you know, look, I look,
3: I did say in our chat that one of the things that disappoints me the most about hearing all of the people who were 40, uh, all of the comments about Cora being 40 are the people, other players from the Sydney League who missed their opportunities and, to be in the comp for six years and to be 40 because there were some real superstars from New South Wales that missed out in the first couple of drafts. Uh, because they were considered too old at between 30 and 35. And it's just a tragedy for New South Wales footy, as far as I'm
0: concerned. Mm. I should mention one of the best players still running around in the VFLW at the moment is Cecilia McIntosh, and she's 42. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what it says about age. And I always still say Sarah Hammond um, out of the Darabin Falcons was very unlucky not to be uh, picked up in that first 2017 season uh, because she was seen to be just months off being 40, despite, again, being one of the class players in the competition let me just stir the pot just for a little bit um alicia eva 22 disposals elise parker 21 disposals a question to you all putting on the sydney swans list manager hat for a moment Uh if you could take one of eva or parker who do you take parker parker
3: i take parker every day I go Eva
1: just to stir that pot right back.
2: (laughs) Victorian, Victorian. Oh, look, it's not.
1: Okay, maybe it is that subconsciously. (laughs) I just, I suppose I know very well Alicia Eva's leadership abilities. And if you can't really split them in terms of, you know, their disposal, how many disposals they pick up or what kind of effective, uh, how effective they are in the midfield, then I would take Eva on her leadership qualities.
2: I just think she's already got a coaching gig at Giants. She'll be too hard to shift. Parker, maybe, maybe convince her.
1: (laughs) What a pot stir that was, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be much conversation after the pod.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Let's jump into the second quarter and we'll take a look at some of the other games and the standout performances. Or should I say, um, Emma, the standout long sleeves that is Georgie (laughs) Prasparkas?
1: We knew we were going to be talking about Georgie Prasparkas, didn't we? I mean... Look, fantastic. And I'm, I'm so happy for her, just seeing her out there. I'm happy for Geelong, you know, who need a player like her. She was great right from, I think it was the first minute or two, she had an impact, Georgie um, We We almost can't fault her game already, and it's going to just be an exciting thing to watch her over the next few years, that's for sure.
3: Can't yeah, the wait. combination of, of her and Morrison was exciting. The two was. curly curly heads, <laughs> yeah. one with the yeah, mom, one with the ponytail. And it was um, I, and I had not seen anything of Georgie Prosparkus at all um, prior to that game. And I was very impressed. I mean, she's just a a good size, she moves really well, she had great decision making. Um, yeah, it was really it was quite an impressive debut, I thought.
1: Geelong still only kicked two goals, mind you. <laughs> That's true. But I'll come good,
2: right? <laughs> they got, they got better players to bring it forward. Um, I love the sleeves in the Guernsey, that it wasn't just plain white. It it had some pattern on it. Well done, Geelong, continuing the pattern.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I love that. I mean, I know they sort of started you doing it last year, but I love how they're using their Indigenous round and Pride round jerseys as their away um, strips this year um, obviously helps for making you know four different jumpers for the season but um it's uh it it's just nice to see it you know see them out there um on a regular basis
0: we'll go in reverse order this time starting with Tracy uh obviously for for all of us the Giants game is always the match the round each week but out of the other six games which game stood out to you most for round one
3: yeah look I I absolutely love the um the the first game of the round, Um, and the Tigers v St Kilda. And, uh, I mean, I did say that Tigers would win by 30, and then in tipping I tipped them by 26, and I had my glory moment on the top of the tipping ladder. Um, but um, I love briefly, that game. Briefly, Trace. Yeah, I know, very briefly. <laughs> and I note, even though I will be discussing tipping shortly. I note you're up there, Emma. Um, but um, I've got to say, I love that game. I don't know if it was just because it was the first game of the season and it was very exciting, but I love to see the Tigers running freely, really good ball movement, using the ball well. And, you know, a particular shout out for a favourite of mine, Megan Keely making her debut. I think she had 11 touches, two goals and um and was named in their their best on the ground so for me uh that was a proud moment but I also really enjoyed the game of footy um, while disappointing the Adelaide Brisbane game for me um, as a Brisbane fan um, I think that um, that that was it was a really high quality game um, I actually thought the quality of football in that game was probably the best quality football across the weekend for me
1: Yeah, look, I would agree with that, Trace. And I think if I had to pick a match from the round, it would be that Adelaide-Brisbane one, very, very hard from the perspective of a Brisbane fan, of course. Um, But, you know, notable that Brisbane kicked, I hate to say, that the lowest score of the round as the premiers from last year, while Richmond kicked the highest score of the round. So those two games you've mentioned, you know, brought about those results. Um, Gee, it's hard to go past Adelaide now as looking at sort of premiership favourites. They are just... They just don't go away, do they, with those absolute superstars they have, but then that level, that next tier of players down is a set of stars in themselves. They just work so well together. Kiwi, what do you reckon?
2: Um, yeah, well, I mean, it was always going to be a risk starting the round way out at Frankston, but what I noticed was in the crowd, different kind of people at the game. So, you know, whether that's something the AFL have you know, hope to grow the game and support a supporter base, but it looked like a lot of male people hanging around who probably would not go and watch a woman's match of any sport um, hanging out on a Friday night in Frankston. So that was good to see. Um, uh, great to see the, the, the kids on debut kicking goals, you know, Stella Reed, Megan Keeley, you know, so many across the teams, fantastic. But my probably best round, or what I loved is that all the games started close. There was not any one-sided game, despite the scores towards the end of the matches, looking more one-sided, but for at least the first half or three quarters, the games were very tight, um, which I think is always interesting. Bit of heat in the derby over the other side of the island, um, which I guess is what you want in a, in a derby match. I don't know if Emma Swanson will play next week. Will be That'll be interesting to see what comes out of her little um, – um, friendly handshake with after she scored a goal um, but yeah probably the Bulldogs and Demons game you know that everyone thought D's were going to um, trunks in and, and win the premiership so easily where Bulldogs put up such a fight and even after Izzy Huntington went off they really took it to the D's and um, put some score on the board so uh, I thought that was a pretty pretty solid game but yeah good first round. Like first round, I loved every moment of
3: every game and, um, you know, I had a little rest during the Carlton-Collingwood game to watch a bit of Ash Barty's match, but, uh, you know, that's okay. I knew you'd be watching your Kiwis, so I knew you had it under control. <laughs>
0: Um, it, it seems to be a case of the, the sides that are the fittest and have less COVID impact maybe in the box seat for the premiership. And that so far has proven to be Adelaide and Melbourne. And is it any coincidence as, as well that both of these sides seem to be at a point of it's now or never for the premiership. For Melbourne, they obviously want to get it for Daisy Pearce. This appears to be her last season. On the other side of the equation, the Adelaide grows. This is the last year before they get broken up when the poor power come in for the 2022-2023 season.
3: Yeah, good observation, Peter. I, I think, um, look, I think they're both absolute um champion teams. They're full of champion players and they they have a great team ethic. So I think it's going to be interesting. The impact of COVID is so unknown. You know, you can wipe out, I suppose, with enough positive cases, you can wipe out, you can play with, what, 16 from your main list and five top-ups from your train-on squad. So, you know, if you get a if you get a, a bad run of COVID through your team, um, it it could be really impactful. I don't know, but I yeah, I think you're absolutely right that Adelaide will get splintered as Brisbane did when the Gold Coast came in, and um, as we observed with uh, Freo and West Coast, and um, and yeah, Melbourne. You know, obviously. So many superstars in there, but will there be some retirements coming through there Um, and and some retirements at Adelaide maybe potentially as well?
2: I do know there's a house in Melbourne that is home to a Saints player, a North player, and a Demon. So already North and Saints have had a little bit of COVID, COVID impact. If that ends up at this house, there's three teams Um, that could potentially do it. And the other flip side of that is the WA teams that are coming over, they're going to spend a month in Victoria and um, probably used to living life pretty freely. So there's the risk that, you know, they may return to old habits and go out sightseeing or something can, you know, who knows what that could do with the current rate of transmission too. So...
1: Are you saying the WA teams are a bit loose, Kiwi? Might be a bit loose, huh?
2: I think... Well, I think the other thing is yes,
3: GWS and the Gold Coast shared a a chartered flight to Mackay, so God help us if, you know, anybody snuck through some sort of faulty test on that flight, that'll write a few off, but... um, yeah, no, I think WA players, I don't know if there's any impact, like when the Giants had that hub at the start of the last season, some players couldn't couldn't travel um, because WA, of course, a lot further to relocate to Victoria for a month. And I don't know if there's anyone who's impacted through work or family circumstances who can't go. Has anyone heard anything on that?
2: No, but I imagine right. I know one person who'll be cheering would be Carol Collier, who um, would be cheering that she gets to see Maddie, who comes to the side of the island after being stuck in WA for so long. <laughs> yeah, but the likes of you
3: know of the the parents, you know Dana Hooker, and um, I can't think of who else. But there's there's several parents on the WA mm. on the Eagles team. Um, Very tough, isn't it? Uh,
2: Bowers mm. and Kiara Bowers, and mum too. There's a few with really young kids, so that would be hard to be away from, well, from any kids, I guess. Yeah.
0: May I also say that COVID has had an impact on the crowd numbers. Ironically, the biggest crowd of the week was 5,500 in WA for the derby between Fremantle and the West Coast Eagles. At all other venues, some venues, Arden Street Oval and also Great Barrier Reef Arena, they have not released the numbers. For all others, they have not passed 4,000. And we should remind that most of these grounds do not have a, in Victoria, do not have a COVID number cap as there was last season. Frankston were going to cap it at 5,000 for Friday night, even though the ground can roughly hold about 8,000. Uh, only about 3,000 or so came in um, and it seems to be like spreading across um, uh, the nightclub industry, um, the restaurant industry, e- et cetera, uh, Emma, it seems to be a case of people are isolating from COVID. They don't have it. They're just worried about getting it yeah. and uh, people are being extremely cautious.
1: Yeah, I mean, as, as they're saying in the papers, of course, there's people are either at home with COVID at home with people with COVID or at home trying to avoid COVID. (laughs) So, you know, as numbers, of course, go through the roof in, especially in Victoria and New South Wales, I think people are taking the approach of self-isolation. I I certainly know that in my household, we're doing that with a few things we've got coming up in a couple of weeks, we want to be fit for, Um, you know, that's the approach we're taking. And uh, I I think a lot of people are in that boat and it's a shame because, you know, one of the measures for women's football and AFLW has been the crowd numbers and each year, more or less growing and had some, some really large, you know, finals and grand finals, of course. But we can't look at that this year to ascertain how much interest there is in going to matches, and I think that's a real pity.
2: Yes, I agree. I think for, for me and Feed, like, we, we've been um, homebound just because of our injuries (laughs) and fees situation and we've kind of looked at and gone you know we're COVID safe we couldn't get more COVID safe than uh, being unable to drive and go out anywhere and um, so yes I guess is the upside of being stuck at home but so many people that we know and players that I've coached I coach now have got it and stuck at home right now too so um You know, you do need to be very wary if you do go out and and think about the long term impacts. You know that especially athletes that it has on your lungs if you want to come back. And some of the kids I work with, they want to get drafted this year. And I know one of them, who had COVID in November, was really struggling to um, keep up with the running that we had prior to our Christmas break. So, um, you know, and that that is one of her absolute weapons is the running impact that she has in a game. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of other factors around to um to consider too so it's a dangerous world out there well
3: i think kiwi too one of the things we don't know is the long-term effects of covid and on, on athletes especially um so you know it's going to be a long time before this longitudinal study um to tell us anything about um the impacts of covid on you know of, of on long-term impacts on health um so yeah i if i was an athlete which I'm not. Um, I would be uh, extra cautious. Um, I've seen your that, golf game, Trace. What do you mean? And my golf game's <laughs> pretty good, actually, Em, yeah, But um, yeah, no, they. Uh, well, you know, I did lose to tennis this morning in the Coldale Open as well. But uh, anyway, you know, I'm still an athlete, just just an older athlete now.
2: Over forty is still athletic. Apparently, someone said today. So. <laughs> That's
1: great. Awesome. Excellent. <laughs> Masters of the new black
0: (laughs) Let's begin the third quarter by taking a look at the Coat Hanger Tipping Competition Tracy, what is our update just one round into the season?
3: Yeah, look, as I said, it was really exciting after the first game because I was on top of the ladder but uh, less about me and more about Tiffany Chen, I think, from the Newtown Breakaways uh, seems to be out in front on the ladder uh, followed by our uh, Coat Hanger friend and former co-host uh, oh, not natty Nattie morgan oh. natty morgan you'll oh, we'll never hear rage. the end of this <laughs> Ann coming in third and our very own emma phillips at fourth um shout i just out. want
1: to pip natty that's all
3: uh-huh. yeah yeah look shout out to to linda rowan at, at five who lives in, over in this in the us of a so still keen keen tigers fan so it's, so they're our top five <laughs> for um top five for this week. But will the games be as predictable next
0: week? I don't know. Well, let's get into the final quarter and take a look at uh, round two action. As we said, uh, now the WA side start to hit the road for possibly the next month. Um, Emma, it's very interesting as we look into it. There's a couple of games in round two that will start to filter out who's a genuine premiership contender and who isn't.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong, Peter. Um, I think the first up Friday night one's going to be a beauty. We've got Richmond and Melbourne. um, And as we've seen now with Richmond kicking, I think, uh, in excess of 10 10 goals, but 61 points last round, they really have something to offer. I don't think they'll pit Melbourne, but I think it's going to be a game really to watch and just to see how Melbourne perform under that pressure Friday night at Richmond's home ground also. The other one for me is Brisbane and Carlton, and that's in Maroochydore. Brizzy needs to obviously you know, lift their game. And I'm sure we'll see a fearsome outfit next week again on their home, sort of on their home turf, I suppose, at Maroochie it's certainly a long way from Carlton. They're the two standouts for me. Um, Collingwood and St Kilda maybe as well, especially with a couple of stars down now, do St Kilda start to come into the game as well. Um, also maybe Geelong and the Bulldogs. It is time for Geelong to really, you know, pick it up and um, that might be their chance in sort of mini Western Melbourne Western derby.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think um, Brisbane Carlton, both of them are going to have to come out fighting to get that win on the board to stay in contention. And I think the other probably one to look at is the Eagle Suns. It's a bit of a replay of, I think, the last round last year where they were both winless and had to fight for a win. So um, so they're, they're getting stuck into each other early on. Um, but, yeah, I think Crow should be pretty comfortable. And you would hope that Giants could um, – you know, I think they've got the players. I think they've got a good list this year and some good talent that I think they could string it together. And even though it's Frio's home game at Witten Oval, I think um, the Giants have played some good quality football down there. So I think they might be able to get one over Frio this year.
1: And Giants have a few, fair few supporters down there too, Kiwi, don't they, really? So, you know, it's yep. not exactly anybody's home game, but probably if it was favouring one or another, it would be the Giants, I'd say.
2: Yeah, and the likes of, you know, Loins and Downey and, not downy loins, and um, well, hopefully Dalton comes back. There's a few players that have spent a bit of time playing in the Victorian field, mm. so Eva you know, Stevenson. Yeah, um, you know they played those those exhibition matches. You know they're pretty fully aware of what Witten Oval has to offer. So, um, it's a nice piece of grass. I think they'll go all right. Yeah, it'll be, it, that'll
3: be a good match, I think, for sure, because um, I was surprised, actually, at how well Carlton fared against Collingwood Kiwi. I was uh, expecting that to be a bit of a whitewash um, because I wasn't didn't have full confidence in Carlton's list this year, to be honest. Um, but uh, the other one, I think, yeah, the Richmond-Melbourne game is going to be interesting because uh, Melbourne will definitely have the edge. But, you know, could be quite defining for Richmond's season because if they can prove that they can compete with a team like Melbourne, that really, even if they don't win the game, that gives them the confidence to to keep pushing um, in their next round games. Um, I think that the Lions will take it over Carlton. Um, They'll obviously have to regroup after their loss and I can't see Dakota Davidson making, um, making a... A reappearance this quickly um, hopefully her injury isn't too bad but um, yeah that will be also a good game and um, you know I think uh, the Crows and North you know the Crows are probably going to be too strong I think back in at Norwood um, for North although um, you know even with the absence of Emma Carney and one person does not make a team but you know a, a obviously a fantastic leader and player um, you know will will North be bolstered by that? Their performance was pretty strong um, despite that. Um, So, yeah, another bunch of I'm going to have trouble with my tipping, that's for sure, I reckon. It's a tough one, isn't it?
1: I reckon it's worth just saying, speaking of North too, that while we're talking about... Cresparkus, uh for Geelong in the match against North Melbourne. Ash picked up 35 possessions for North in the absence of Carney. I mean, she's mm-hmm. coming into her own anyway, even when Carney's around, but just really took control in that midfield. And look, 35 possessions and I think six tackles, just a truly outstanding performance at this level. So worth noting.
2: Can I just drop in a new word for the season? Because the commentator's often mentioned about the underrated players, and they called Ash Riddell underrated. underrated. Um, there was somebody else, I think, in the Carlton game this year was underrated. And it's like, you know, they've been, whoever it was in the Carlton-Collingwood game, they're three times all Australian. They're not underrated. They're clearly rated. How about they're just undermentioned? You know, Ash Riddell, for all the work that she does, undermentioned. You know, we yeah. talk about, you know, Kashmir and all the rest of them, but you know, Riddell does it or Bruton does it. They're just under mentioned. So that's going to, I just think it should be a new word for the season.
0: Perhaps, o- perhaps overlooked because she twice nominated for the draft, including the second time that she nominated. It was right off the back of a year where she was nominated in the BFLW Team of the Year. And it wasn't until she was signed as a mature age recruit by Scott Gowans that she finally got picked up. Yep. Well
2: done. And Scotty. Indeed. Good
1: spot.
0: Well, well, she's flying. That wraps up the Coat Hanger for this week on 2SER 107.3. Don't forget you can catch us on the socials at the Coat Hanger Footy. So at Coat Hanger Footy on Twitter, Instagram, and and Facebook. Now, if you want the full version of the show, and that includes the extra content in the fifth quarter, all you got to do is go to the 2SER website or just go wherever you get your podcasts and look for the Coat Hanger Footy Radio Show. It is simple as that. Tracy, Kiwi, Emma, thanks for your company this week. And also a big thank you to Fee for allowing me to fill in. Thanks to
3: thank you, you Peter. Peter. Thanks, Peter. Thanks,
0: and as, Pig. And as always, with the best of views and women's footy, tune into the Coat Hanger.
2: Hi, you're listening to the Coat Hanger's fifth quarter, and this week we're talking to Katie Loines, brand new player for GWS Giants, but don't let that stop you. She has been playing AFLW since the start. She played before that, she was in the exhibition games. She was taken as an inaugural draft pick for Carlton at number 110. And guess what? She gives 110% on the field. 2018, she shared the Breston Ferris at Carlton with Breanne Moody, and she's since been Carlton's co-captain. She is an absolute leader on the field. She's now with the Giants, and we are loving it. Welcome to Sydney, Katie Loins. Thanks very much, KB. And how is life? Now, I'm going to go straight in and talk to you about a Sydney tan.
4: Yeah, I'm loving the Sydney tan. It's very different to Melbourne, the, the temperature is just a lot more humid and um, yeah, the weather's a little bit more predictable, which is nice.
2: It is, it is, wait till you get to uh, the Sydney summer storms, which being a Carlton player, you would know you've been at um, our famous Des Oval with the, the lightning strikes and the yeah. heavy rains, so um, that's what's coming.
4: Well, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs>
2: Nice hot days hang at the beach. Now, there's a few players. We'll give shout-outs to Steph Kiochi and those down in Melbourne with their pale white tans because I, I know they give you a lot of stick on uh, social media, but um, one day they may get their chance to come to Sydney. No, she actually came up um, just after Christmas before round one kicked off and um, she loved it up
4: here and, you no, she's very jealous actually. So, yeah, I think um, – Yeah, all that slack and all the um, feedback she gave me about my tan, um, yeah, she was all about it. So I'm sure the Giants will try and have a nice chat to her at the end of the year.
2: (laughs) Why not? They've taken a pie before. Yep, that's it. That's it. Now, um, you moved to, we're going to say, the Northern Beaches. Now, a lot of us love parts of Sydney and some of us probably lesser parts of the Northern Beaches. Why did you discover and land yourself at the Northern Beaches?
4: Um, I love the beach. Um, I live in Mentone back in Melbourne. Um, so just coming up here, it needed to be somewhere obviously close to the beach, but then also my partner surfs. So it was all about the surfing conditions. That was one um, thing that she requested and
2: yeah. So part of the compromise, you come for football, she comes for the surfing. Correct. Excellent. And, um, we know that there's a few other giants that have taken up surfing. Uh, have they, have they dragged you out on the board yet?
4: um lucy actually my partner down in melbourne tried to get me out and the water was freezing at torquay so um i think i'm a little bit scarred from that but um i guess while i'm up here my focus is footy and i think anything that might compromise that i'm just (laughs) staying away because as we know i've had a pretty bad track record with um injuries so yeah i'll just sit on my bench chair i think and watch them go
2: (laughs) true just cruising cruising the bay at manly rather than the surf correct Excellent. So um, we will, we'll touch on some injuries because it's big news at the moment with the number of ACLs um, with Izzy Huntington, Bree Davies and probably Kate Lutkins all for the first round. Now, you came into, when Carlton drafted you, you were seven months post-op from your second ACL. Yeah, correct. You've since then been clear of any serious knee injuries fantastic and we hope this continues we hope we haven't um changed anything uh do you think there's a difference in the professionalism in the club and the rehab and the um strength conditioning programs that can that, that the players get to go through that could help you stay injury free yeah I definitely think that makes a massive difference but saying that I'm sure with
4: all the, the girls that have been injured this weekend whether you've got obviously Izzy's been through it Oh,
2: I can't remember if this is the, I think it's the third one. Third one. I think yeah. it's the third. So,
4: and then Brie, it's on her second. So, you know, I'm sure she's prehabbed and everything before games. And so, and like, you can't really comment on any other team, strength and conditioning team or medical team. So um, I've been lucky enough when I was at Carlton, you know, we had an excellent medical team. And at the time I thought it was probably the one of the best in the league. Um, they were just so thorough. Um, and yeah, a lot of time was put into You know the strength conditioning and the medical side of things, um, with yeah a big focus on ACL prevention. Um, And then coming up here, it was actually one of my main reasons why I chose the Giants' medical team. I just had an instant connection with, and as you know, like that's just so crucial in a player's um, yeah performance and yeah being able to get the best out of the body as well.
2: And we seem to have a pretty good record in Sydney. I don't think we've had any ACLs yet, and I know Nick Barr was potentially going to miss round one with a serious shoulder injury, so they managed to get her back. So they've got a pretty solid reputation down there at Giants.
4: Yeah, fingers crossed it just stays that way for sure.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. Now, um, in your career uh, pre-Giants, let's chat about You've played in two of probably the biggest – Um, most talked about games so far that was the inaugural match where we got uh, 24,500 the lockout game and probably about 30,000 sitting outside around princes park and then you played in the big grand final in 2019 that broke all records of 53,000 and 34 got to remember the whole number there Um, they're they're massive moments in your footy career did you think um, you're going to see something ever like that
4: I I didn't think that I was even going to potentially make the AFLW, especially after that second ACL. Like, I didn't fully rupture it again or anything like that, but after my first one, the graft was really lax, so I had to go in and have a revision, which is like having the ACL done again. Um, So I was really pushing it to get back to the first game, and I remember running out and I was just so nervous, Um, but I think it was a good distraction to kind of have my knee as well, in a way, because, yeah, the girls, I don't know, as soon as the bounce happened and you know what he started you kind of could block out the crowd a little bit but then you'd come in for the quarter time half time and you'd look around and you'd just be amazed by what had actually taken place like to think that this many people were so interested in the first game I know that sounds crazy to say now but we just didn't know what to expect so um that was amazing and you know girls just absolutely starred that night. I remember Darcy Garcia she was just unbelievable and it still gives me goosebumps to this day And then we talk about the grand final. When we ran out for the warm-up, you looked around in the stands and I think it was only the first tier at that time. And then coming through the banner, they'd opened up all the tiers and I was just, yeah, just blown away. And the biggest moment, and it's a bit of an unfortunate one, when Erin Phillips Phillips came back out after obviously doing her ACL and the crowd just were on their feet. And, yeah, it was just to look around at that moment and just take it all in um, and just to see how far women's footy has come like you're talking about exhibition matches and that like before and even just representing you know victoria and the um state championships it's just it blows my mind to be honest
2: it is it's huge and um you as you mentioned the state championships i was lucky enough to play in them pre afw years and we were talking about it the other day and um i was part of the team that Kicked the first ever goal against Victoria. Oh wow! <laughs> um, they were just so dominant way back in those days, and and I remember when we when we kicked that goal, it was just like a win for the rest of the states. It was just, um, and we New South Wales then got to play in the grand final, and. We kicked a point and uh, Victoria beat us by 160 points or something. It was ridiculous. But that we got on the scoreboard was massive and that was um, 2002. And then over the years, I think it took quite some time before WA started yeah. to be very, very competitive against Victoria. And um, it was their under-18s, I think, that finally got the win. I don't think the seniors ever did. So um, they, they got us in one match, actually. So that's what I was one about. Mat- Yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... And, you know, and and the girls gave everything. We gave everything. And I know when I play for New South Wales, we're a lot of players who came across some other sports. So technically we weren't gifted footballers, but mentally we had that competitive yeah. um, edge. And then over the years, you see the growth of the players coming through that are just genuine footballers. And now we're starting to see the young players coming in that have just grown up with the football in their hand. And, and I think now we're getting to see all the fans that are just coming out that wanted to come and support female football and and when you know back in the day when you would play for diamond creek we would had your your same kind of group of fans yeah. along the sideline and i am bet they're still coming along to when you play next week down in victoria they'll be there cheering you on um for the giants and it's just it just grows and grows and grows and there's people that i've met over all my years that are still coming along and still growing with the game and and just seeing these crowds and then the players, like when we started in Sydney, um, it took us years to get a youth girls team, a youth girls team. Isn't that crazy? Now we've got leagues, absolute leagues of them and then academy programs. So, um, you know, it is phenomenal. And, um, and you know, we, me and my partner flew down to Adelaide. We tried to get to every grand final and we sat there and we saw that first tier and we're like, oh, this is a pretty good crowd, you know? It was pretty exciting. And then you get a drink and you chat to the people around you. And then, hey, look. Hey, look over there. Hey, look over there. And it was, it was just, it just kept opening up more and more um, parts of the grandstands. And it was just an incredible crowd that 53,000 people went quiet that moment that, Aaron went down on the field and then as you said they stood and clapped and I think that's something special about female football is that the crowd gets behind all the players no matter right. who yeah. your team is you just you just connect with players in a way that you just want the best out of them and yeah. it doesn't matter what uniform they put on you're just there to cheer them right. on and
4: very similar this weekend with obviously Carlton Collingwood and we know the Carlton fans get up and about and when Brie went down, it just went silent and just the support she had when she was coming off the field, the fans really get behind the players. It's it's really special.
2: Yeah, and, and you see it across, um, you know, all the teams, you know, anyone who did an injury in the weekend, you see the other players going in, say, so I wish you well, wish you well. And it is it is hard when you see a fellow colleague, you um, because you just know, it, especially a knee injury is, is season ending, really. But the whole yeah. rehab, especially guys like you who've, who've felt it before and know how hard it is to come back. Um, it's it's just something we don't want to see in the game, but it's just a part of the game, unfortunately. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, so, so coming into Sydney, our crowds, um, you would have seen some of the big crowds down at Moine. Uh, they're not going to play any games at Dremoyne this year, but they are going to play at Henson Park, and I don't know if anyone's told you any of the uh, history of the park. They have not. It is um, it is a Newtown Jets game, so obviously Sydney's rugby league, um, Newtown Jets, and we play – do you know Com- Community Cup?
4: I feel bad saying no, but no, I don't.
2: <laughs> okay, I might have to edit that bit out. It's um, The musicians play against the media in Melbourne oh, is where oh it yeah. started. And so we've been doing it here in Sydney and we've been playing down at Henson Park. So um, it's fundraising for Rick Link, the charity. Oh, how good, so there'll be a big crowd. Yeah, the best thing about Henson Park is you can walk. Generally, walk in with your esky and sit on the hill with your with Everything. your dog, the kids, the esky. I don't know that they'll allow it for AFLW games, but it's a very community field and um, and it's got a big, nice hill for everyone to sit around. And I really hope uh, the crowd is as big as we get down at um, as the Drummond Oval games because the inner west area or the inner part of Sydney generally gets a big following and. Maybe potentially the Irish get behind the Irish players.
4: Yeah,
2: unreal. Um, But, yeah, there should be a really good crowd down there. So that's round four. Don't know that will break um, AFRW records, but could well break some Sydney records. The other side of that is um, with Sydney Swans coming in next year, technically it's a Swans field. And I don't know if you've heard Sydney Swans have got the most uh, memberships at the moment. Yeah, okay. <sighs>
4: It's going to be a massive rivalry already, isn't it?
2: Yeah, how about <laughs> <the that>? <laughs> I know. Um, so they've got the most in, in the league this year, even though they don't have a team. And I really hope that there's a whole lot of Sydney Swans fans that come down and cheer on the current giants, who could be potential Swans. Um, so you, are, you planning, cool. are you planning another year in Sydney? Could they, could they potentially uh, grab you to change colours?
4: I'm taking it each day, well each game as it comes. Um but no, I'm a pretty loyal pretty loyal <laughs> player and Alan um reached out to me. And so I think, yeah, I'll be sticking for it with um the Giants for sure.
2: Um touching on Alan, how is the old guy? Like he he really has some kind of power in the way he connects the players and um he's I know a lot of people they've called him um we don't like to say it, but Dad's army um, in a way because he's a little bit older, but I think he's a bit young at heart and, um, and I see him get around the girls. I've, I've had a few coffees with him. I know Alan, he's, he's a genuine soul. How is the change from coming from Carlton with Daniel Harford to Giants with Alan McConnell?
4: I think the biggest thing with um, Alan is he's just so vulnerable. So he'll, um, he'll be upset in front of the players if he feels like, you know, there's that time is needed, um, but then you know, even just announcing that um, Stacky was playing on the weekend, like he got emotional, and to see that in a coach, you know, um, and you're right, he he does have that father feel. Um, he's just he's just a beautiful man, I, and it sounds weird to say that, but um, yeah, I, I can't see anyone not liking Alan or being coached by Alan. Um, yeah, he's just got a a really um, different way of connecting with the players um where half was more of a joke star. um you know I had a really good relationship with half as well so it's yeah they're very different though but um yeah Alan's very one-on-one which is um really special for those younger girls as well
2: Yes, certainly will help them grow and have you have you had a lot of um input with the younger girls so far I know you're pretty pretty new to giants but you're a very experienced player yeah a lot of the <laughs> younger girls call me mum so that's cute <laughs> um but I think even
4: at Carlton um I always you know make that extra effort with the young ones and just especially before playing their first game you know you just want to settle their nerves a little bit and you know just reinforce it they were selected for a reason and um to see some of those young ones go out on the weekend Ali Dalloway um Ali Morford um and just to see them perform was really special so yeah anything I can do to get around the girls and You know, I've been around for a while now. So, like, any words of wisdom and things like that, I'll definitely share.
2: Yes, certainly. Our our Young Girls for Giants did really well in the weekend. And um, Ali Morford I've seen playing through the NAB League last season. And we've still got a lot to see from her. She has got some aerial presence. And um, backing up or working alongside Erin McKinnon in the Ruck is is just going to give Giants a lot more power this year.
4: Yeah, definitely. She idolises Brianne Moody and I, when I had my first chat with her, I found out after, but I said, you remind me so much of Brianne Moody and she was like, oh, she's like my idol. I really look up to her and um, just seeing the way that she follows up after a rock contest, um, gets the ball and then wants to move forward as well. It's exactly the same and I used to call Breanne Moody the tractor because she would just <laughs> keeps powering on and, um, you know, I think Al is very similar.
2: And, um, and Elise Parker is probably someone else. If you start calling Al the tractor, Elise Parker will probably start coming in and go, Hey, I can drive one of those. She's the bull. She's the bull. <laughs> Isn't she?
4: She is, oh, she's something else. Um, she's an absolute jet. I, I absolutely love, you know, when I obviously was um, told that I was coming to the Giants, um, just to be able to play with her. Um, she's such a humble, young athlete and you know the way that she prepares is so elite so it's no surprise that she you know has performances like the way she played on the
2: weekend. Yeah she's um, pretty phenomenal and probably had she been in a Victorian team would probably get mentioned a whole lot more um, through the media I guess you know in in the same regard as Maddie Prasparkas and and probably Brie Davey kind of level but.
4: Yeah 100% it is very different and I've noticed that since coming up to Sydney. Um, yeah, you're kind of just not left alone, but, yeah, it's a lot more you've got your privacy, you know, the media isn't hunting you as much in terms of um, either criticising you or, um, you know, providing um, positive feedback, I guess, through those platforms. So, yeah, it is def- very different.
2: And and the fans, I guess you find the fans a little bit different at Giants. We haven't really had a home game yet to see.
4: No, and I, I'm not um, – so my mum comes to all my games, my mum and my stepdad, and um, I'm sure she was trying to find out who the um, parents were on the weekend. But, um, yeah, I, it, it's going to be very different. Um, obviously, coming from Carlton, there would be Powerhouse Club and, you know, that it's Melbourne footy, you know, it's the home of footy pretty much. So, yeah, everyone comes to a game of footy whether they're a Carlton fan or not. So, um, yeah, I've noticed a very big difference, and especially teaching up here. Um, you speak to the kids about AFL and it's all rugby, so um, yeah, another difference there too.
2: Rugby league yeah, it's different to rugby union i
4: don't know anything about. <laughs>
2: I'm a Kiwi. I can tell you the differences, I know. <laughs> but yes, um, I used to do a bit of coaching in the schools, and absolutely, you turn up and you start, and you go right. You're gonna, we're going to put you into teams. Come up with names, and you do. You get the Tigers, yeah. you get um, the Sea Eagles, you get the Bulldogs, and they're not anything to do with AFL. They're totally rugby league teams. And then by the end of our term they all come at us and we had one kid come up and said do i get points if i tell you who the norm smith medalist was and we're like whoa what <laughs> so um yeah it's a little bit about um and those are the days pre spreading spreading the vibe out west for the giants coming in so um if kids are coming in knowing who norm norm smith medalist is when at the beginning of the year they only thought balmain tigers are the only tigers team in town <laughs> um I think we did our job. but um, So have you, have you copped on to a uh, rugby league team as yet? I have not.
4: So, um, yeah, I think I'm sure if I stay here um, in the off-season, I'll definitely have to.
2: I guess the rest of the Northern Beaches girls are probably tired to go for Manly. Yeah,
4: don't. know. We'll, nah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
2: Wrong colours. Well, Wrong colours.
4: I'm, in the AFL, I've been a Carlton supporter since young, so I think I need to pick a team that's up the top, to be honest. Um time <laughs> I need to start celebrating wins.
2: <laughs> well, they're mainly known as the Silvertails, and I think they um, always believe they're near the top. But, um, you know, there's, there's a few other teams um, that, well, I don't follow as much because I'm, I go to Victoria so much more now. But, yeah, I think, like, the Roosters and um, Tigers.
4: Are, Are we right there? With that? Rabbits,
2: yeah, they were good. We used to, now here's a good thing about the Rabbitohs, when I used to coach an Irish AFL team, we used to train on the Rabbitohs field and they would leave the lights on so we could still do it when they had finished, so we shared the field with them. And, um, and then they would come back and they'd go, hey, you girls had a win in the weekend, well I done. Know, and they. So they would cheer us on and then our team being Irish started to, you know, obviously follow the, the Rabbitohs. So really good culture down there and they're based in the heart of Redfern and, um, you know, I think they've got some Hollywood guy owns a team.
4: Russell oh, Crowe. Russell Crowe. as <laughs> R- it is then.
2: <laughs> so all the Hollywood big name celebrity types like yourself follow the rabbitos. There you go. Sounds good. Done. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I'm um, looking forward. You have um, yeah, you guys went to the floating stadium. Yeah, apparently there was a bit of a joke about it. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, Mackay was very hot. So, yeah, it um I mean we we looked at it on telly and just thought, geez, the girls look really, really under the under the heat, like the faces just were were um, a bit more redder than usual, perhaps.
4: Yeah, when um, um, Elise Parker turned her jumper into a crop top I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's extreme.
2: She did that a few times, didn't yeah. she? <laughs> I don't know she, she, she maybe she was showing off that Sydney turn
4: <laughs> six or something <laughs> yeah.
2: um but yeah, so so the floating stadium in you know I guess I guess the tide just changed it a little bit, it was sort of went a little bit gold Coast way, and then the waves turned the other way, and the ball rolled, or how did you find the game at Gold Coast
4: against yeah. gold Coast
2: um to be honest, I think what made it
4: probably so contested is they threw a couple of forwards behind the ball and they were going. So we were a bit outnumbered at the, at the stoppages. Um, so that definitely made it a little bit of a more contested game and there wasn't a little, there wasn't as much outside play as we were kind of hoping. Um, but their coach, you know, obviously planned that so well. Um, so, yeah, I did find it a bit contested. Um, that's always around one game as well, though. Um, Personally, I think I probably struggled to get into the game a little bit. Um, I think, you know, playing forward line, new team, I, I think I'll definitely learn a lot looking back on the review, but saying that I've pulled up really fresh, so <laughs> I'm right to go for this weekend. So there's the benefit for it. Um, but, yeah, I think it was just really good. We didn't have that practice match. So to get, you know, especially acclimatised to a place like Mackay as well, um, you know, I think, yeah, that will definitely have some good step for this round against um, Freo. On the
2: weekend. Yeah, and the game this weekend is, um, if you are in Melbourne, get along. It's at Witton Oval at 5.10 on Saturday, Sunday afternoon. So a pretty nice field, um, but the temperature will be much more suited to you.
4: Correct. Yeah, I've got a bit of um, experience down at Witton Oval, played a few games there. So I'm looking forward to going back down to Melbourne for sure.
2: And you should have a uh, pretty good go against Frio.
4: Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, hopefully Chloe will be right to play this weekend. Um, just what she brings to the group in terms of her speed and the outside run. Um, she really compliments Alicia Eva and Nick Barr as well, um, and even Ali Delaway. So, um, yeah, bigger field. So, I think it will suit our style of game as well, which will be great.
2: Yeah, it should um, open up the forward line a lot more, and right. um, which works well with, I think, Privatelli likes to get that space. And then the way Cora plays, she's uh, much more an out and space kind of um, forward and, um, and it's good to see Brit's, Brit Stack get yeah. through a whole game.
4: She's, she's a remarkable woman. I, um, I've got so much respect for her and I've got a really special bond with her. Um, she just does everything that she can to make sure that she's ready for each game, each training session. She's so elite and um, just a, she's got a lovely family as well. So it's really nice to have them at all trainings and then, um, you know, at the games as well. It's really special.
2: Yeah, and coming back from any injury, you sort of have that little bit of a fear you're going to do it. But to come back from a neck injury is is on another level, isn't it? Yeah, um, she really
4: cracked in a lot on the weekend. She's um, yeah, the Irish girls are just something else. I reckon they're just <laughs> they're just um, yeah, they're just fearless.
2: But yeah, they're um, got a got a different string to their bow, don't they? They sure do. Same with the humour, apparently.
4: <laughs> yeah, if you can understand what they're saying,
3: half <laughs> <laughs>
2: True. Um, And then after that, um, you guys play. You're back in Melbourne playing north at Arden Street. It's a nice little, nice patch of grass that one is, um, compact oval. And then round four, home against the Bulldogs.
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that match. Um, Just having like our first home game, you know, that it will be really special to have all the community
2: be able to come to that game as well. Should be really awesome. Katie Loins, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you on the fifth quarter of the Coat Hanger Footy Radio Show. We can't wait to see what you are doing this year for the GWS Giants and, um, you know, sneaking forward and getting a goal or two would be pretty awesome as well. Yeah, thanks um,
4: so much for having me, Kiwi. Loved
2: it. Our pleasure. All the best for the rest of the season.